Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This, if you don't know, is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is entitled Nation. It is from the album Dura Matter. And that is by Spoonbenders, a Portland band. And my guest today is the front person, I guess, or a person from the band, Katie Black. And this is a great conversation. She's a highly interesting person. And uh, that's also a very badass song, uh, just for the record. I really dig that song. We talk about it a little bit in our part two, because this is a two-part episode. And the part two lives exclusively on my Patreon. You could go to themattdwire.com and become a Patreon subscriber. Most, I would say most of my episodes have two parts, and those second parts always live on my Patreon at, you know... And you could get linked to my Patreon and all things Matt Dwyer at themattdwyer.com. And speaking of all things, in my show notes are all things Spoonbenders. They're Instagram, Bandcamp. Go check them out. Uh, I've been watching Spoonbenders for a couple years now. Um, just kind of watching, seeing what they're doing. Very interested. And it's been very cool. And I think I talk about this a little bit in the episode. Or maybe it's in the part two. But cool to watch their growth, and they toured with uh, Death Valley Girls a little bit, and uh, who are friends of mine. We talk about Bonnie from Death Valley Girls in the episode. So uh, go check out their music. They have an album coming out. I don't have a date for that yet. She said very soon. Katie Black said very soon. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And the best way to do that is follow them on Bandcamp and buy their music on Bandcamp because it's great to stream, but you know what's better? paying for music and buying it, which I often do. And speaking of music you can buy, I recently produced and curated an album with uh, filmmaker Adam McKay and Sub Pop Records called The Eleventh Hour, Songs for Climate Justice. 100% of the proceeds go to the Climate Emergency Fund. That link in the sh- is in the show notes. And there's 20 bands on that album. 20 bands like The Death Valley Girls, Fake Fruit, Moby, Mud Honey, Cloud Nothings, uh, Frankie Cosmos, uh, Oceanator. It's uh, pretty much everybody on the album has been on the podcast, with the exception of Moby. I could, I'm thinking about asking Moby. We'll see. We'll see if he wants to do it. Um, anyway, always go to the show notes. That's a lively place. Sometimes we'll talk about music or whatever, or something vague, and I'll link it in there. So it's always a good place to check. You might learn something, find something new. And speaking of websites and show notes, in the show notes is a link to kellyrdewire.com. She builds websites. She's a very busy person building websites. Also a photographer. She's also the person who made babies with me. She did most of the work, though. Um, but she does a lot of incredible websites uh, and some big ones for podcasts, politicians, artists, you name it. She's done it. If you need a website, go to kellyardwire.com. And I think that's it for my... Um, oh, I you know, uh, Katie and I talk about this Elvis Presley doc that's on HBO called Searcher, Elvis Presley Searcher. Uh, I had a lot of preconceived notions about Elvis Presley just a lot, a lot of it being my youthful punk rock anti-establishment stuff that you do when I was young, (laughs) where I would make edgy statements and not know what I was talking about. But uh, the thing I've been doing over the last year 
couple years is trying to learn about the bigger artists in music. Uh, so I read a book about Duke Ellington, Charles Mingus, Louis Armstrong, and uh, I didn't know fucking dick about Elvis Presley. And I was surprised how much I didn't know and how much I was wrong about a lot of things. But you should not hear it from me. You should go check out the documentary if you have HBO Max. It's really fascinating. And uh, I ended up leaving kind of sad and having a totally different view of the guy. Um, for whatever that's worth. That being said, now I'm going to get to my conversation with Katie Black of Spoonbenders. <laughs> Where did you move to Portland from? Um, I'm originally from Santa Cruz. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I grew up there and uh, and then came up here in 2015. I get, yeah. I get confused with the Santas, the Santas up there. <laughs> Santa Cruz is just south of San Francisco. Is it on the water? So, yes. Yeah. It's a little beach town. It's got like the beach boardwalk is usually where why people go there. Um, and yeah, not much going on, but it's gorgeous. It's a great place for surfing. It so. was, I was going to say it's a big surfer skateboard. And wasn't there like a big punk scene in that town? Yeah. There was before my time, but, um, there was a good punk scene happening, um, in Santa Cruz. But growing up for me, it was like a lot, like you'd be lucky if you get like a psych rock psych punky band coming through every once in a while. But other than that, it was like 311 and like <laughs> the expendables just nonstop or like the covers of those bands all the time. Um, so it was like my musical experiences were like, I'm kind of emaciated before I got to the point of being able to drive down to LA. And that's when I started like actually seeing music that I enjoyed and liked and like getting into like seeing live music. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I know 311 is sort of, I, but I couldn't tell you a fucking thing. I, I probably heard it in the grocery store, which is, never, yeah. so if Spoonbenders ever is played in the grocery store, you might go, Oh, we got to switch things up. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's a, that's, they're even, <laughs> that's a big no. Well, depending, but like, if it's like, uh, <clears throat> we might need to like make some kind of more poppy hit for that to happen. Um, but I think uh, it would kind of freak me out to hear anything I've been associated with playing. <laughs> Why did you yeah. not go up to San Francisco? What was the attraction to Los Angeles? Um. Well, actually, it was uh, circumstantial. The my friends, the group of friends that I was in in high school, um, had some kind of association with this band called Fiddler in L.A. I I I know I know of. They, he's friends with a lot of my friends, though. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know him at all. Um, but it was like one of the dudes in. I have a really bad memory, but one of the dudes in my friend group. His aunt um, was either the manager of that band or had some kind of thing to do with that band. And so we, as like these like little teenagers, were able to drive down and get into festivals. 
and go see so many different bands in one sitting um through like when they were doing those burger records festivals and shit like that or like any kind of adjacent like smell shows or whatever um we were able to get in and i basically was just driving and like hanging out and going to see those shows for free because none of us had any money and we usually couldn't get in because of our age and we just kind of got a free pass because of that guy which was really nice um but yeah that's kind of why you san francisco I saw a lot of shows but i was never old enough oh yeah i guess that yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. the smell it's weird i worked around the corner from the smell forever never yeah. been, i never been to the smell yeah it's all right it's all right <laughs> <laughs> i heard it can live up to its name yeah totally absolutely and that's what you that's what i went for that's what i got which is cool um it was uh, it was just cool in general to get out of Santa Cruz because it is such a Groundhog Day place. It's such a beautiful place that people like usually if you're born there, you never leave, you die there. That's it. Um, and it just felt like suffocating. So it was really cool to be able to go like a little bit farther. Like Sa- San Francisco never felt far enough, even though I love that city. How? L.A. felt far enough. Did you like L.A.? Yeah. I mean, at first, uh, I, I've, got, I've like had my qualms with LA as a lot of people have, um, but I really like it. I think there's so much there that it's kind of suspicious when people just hate it in general and say like, there's no way that that place is worth a damn. Like I hate it there or like all these people are X, Y, or Z. Um, cause there's so much that there has to be something for everyone there in a way. Um, but I enjoy it. I think LA is a great place. A lot of my friends live there, so it's definitely a positive experience every time for me. Yeah. It's weird. I moved here from New York and people in New York were like, that town's so full of shit. And I'm like, a lot of you people are full of shit. <laughs> like New York. The New York yeah. snobbery is like, it's like, wait a minute. Don't you see what you, your snobbery? Like, it's just. Yeah. It, it is. It is a catch 22, isn't it? It's fun. Um, and it's like, yeah, I think people totally. forget that L.A. is like a huge working class. Like the a population is a huge working class population, which is to think it's a bunch of people with fake boobs and implants, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, right. that's, that's like a probably such a small fraction. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, I've just met so many good people there and I've met so many good people here and I've met a lot of shitty people here and there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um, it's just, it's going to be, I wish it was so simple. You know, I wish there was just like a border of shitty people, good people, but there isn't. Yeah. I'm going to work on that. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let me know. But it's like, yeah. It's weird because it is every city I've lived in. It's like, like I was saying about Chicago, it's the same thing. It's like great art scene, bunch of fucking douchebag frat boys. It's like, it's just good. That's what city life is. Well, the juxtaposition is usually like necessary. Like it's usually like this coolest scenes come out of being like the anti of something that they have to be, they're forced to be next to in like a city. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's so many crusty punk kids here. Um, partly because there are so many like kind of REI outdoorsy 
like milky, boring <laughs> people, you know, like yeah. it's, it, it, you need one for the other to happen. I, I feel like. Yeah. Friend, I, I'm sure. Have you been to Salt Lake city? You know, I haven't. And I really, I want to see that. See, I'm, it's obviously prolific. So yeah. It's beautiful. But my friend or my, actually my ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, from, my first serious girlfriend if we but we don't really need to get into it <laughs> i've had two successful relationships in my life and my first one was it one of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. but she ended up being like the city psychiatrist like she could throw you into the loony bin if she had that kind of power but she said that the subculture there is so reactionally reactionary to like they go extra overboard to sort of to rebel against the the whole mormon thing which makes sense so it's like more more pride than usual (laughs) yeah which is great yeah it definitely that would i mean i i i feel like if i grew up there you know or if i grew up in a really mormon or very religious environment i wouldn't need that like you need to have an out (laughs) That's, that would be too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. My dad wanted to move to a small town in Texas when I was a kid. And I'm like, that would have fucked me up. So I was already fucked up. (laughs) It would have been a night psychological nightmare. I know. Yeah. Who knows, dude? It was like there, my, most of my family is actually from the UK. And so, so many times, um, there was like a lot of back and forth living in the U S and the UK, but they, they, flirted with the idea of moving to this town in Yorkshire, which is just this huge county in England in this tiny village called uh tick Hill. My family was like living there and they were like, yeah, we're going to move here. It's going to be great. You're finally going to be in the UK. Cause they like, my mom is super proud of, of England. And so she's always wanted me to like, she's bummed. I don't have the accent. She wants me to have the whole like nine yards. Uh, So yeah, that was the plan. And just thinking back, it would have been insane. I think I would have been like one of three kids in this village where there's like one barber, one chip shop, like nothing going on, like barely fucking, I don't even know if like any of the houses had Wi-Fi yet. Um, it would have been weird. Yeah, that would yeah. have been that would have been my town. I would have been like the only kid, and it was just like, what? Why would you do that to somebody? <laughs> you don't want your kid to grow up that weird. Do you? It's have, not. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, do, you're good. Do you have dual citizenship? I do. I do. Oh, yeah, boy. that's great. I am so lucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really can't wait to use it. I was. Gonna, <laughs> I have- ask we're like because there i was i was looking in to see if i had irish citizenship and i would have if my dad didn't fuck it up oh shit i know and it's just like i have kids so like the whole gun like guns in general like there's i mean that's the the list of reasons to get the fuck out of this country are long and plentiful (laughs) for sure sure. but yeah i would love that option do you feel take comfort in that in the dual citizenship? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for useful and, like, kind of paranoid reasons where I'm like, oh, you know, if the mainframe goes down, I don't really know if, like, going off to England would be any better um, than, like, staying in a country like this. Like, England really isn't that much better yeah. um, politically. My Canadian They're, friends say the same thing. 
they're really, yeah, they're just a lot more private and they're a lot less like, yeah, just like shameless, which could be even worse in some respects. Um, I just think they're both dumb. I think both <laughs> of them are dumb. I, I like either I live here or I live in a place where it invented all of the reasons why I hate this country. Like England kind of started the like shit show. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of difficult. Uh, going back to the burger records and coming down to LA. Yeah. I'm curious, like uh, who you saw and also were you, did you already have the seeds of wanting to play or was that still in development? Uh, I would say, I don't know. It was kind of hard. My dad was a musician, um, and has always had, he's always played. He's more of like Friday night playing after a few drinks kind of guy now, but like back in the day he used to be in like punk bands and stuff when he was living in Atlanta. Um, and uh, so I was always really into it and I always wanted to be a part of, um, or I just always wanted to learn. And, um, he's not much of a teacher and he traveled a lot. And so I spent a lot of time kind of alone as a kid and I did get to mess with his instruments while he was gone. Um, were you not I allowed was- to touch him when he was home? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to like, and it, it helped that I wasn't allowed I feel like now, um, because it made it forbidden fruit for me that made me even more into it. Um, but you know, then I just like started high school and I just like was more wrapped up in like experiencing shows and didn't really think I kind of had let go of like ever the, the idea of ever playing music because I just kind of thought that that wasn't like I just didn't think that that was in the cards for me for some reason. I just always thought like, well, that would be so sick. I would love that so much, but it's just, I'm not cut out. Um, I I was always really shy and I was always really weird. And I, the image of ever performing in front of people was like not an option. Um, But when I was going down to those shows, you know, I was like, King Kong was such a cool um, influence of like performance for me. I thought that was so sick and, um, seeing, uh, who else did I see? I loved the garden when the garden was starting. Cause it, I loved seeing a two piece doing like backflips and like taking up so much space as just two people it was so sick to see them do that. Um, and then I did see, who else did I see? I'm sure I saw like all of the regulars. Like there was like when uh, the Black Lips were probably playing at some point. I can't quite remember ever seeing them live, but um, yeah, I think the Garden I was like really into, and and like the, how simple it was, and then King, the King Kong and the Barbecue Show shit was really cool. I loved like Shannon and the Clams and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What kind of punk was your dad? Was it like Mohawk punk or like Sonic no, Youth wearing t-shirts and grungy? Grungy. He was he was like ripped pants, big t-shirt, like grunge for sure. Are there? Do you? Does he have recordings? He does, but he only has it on his computer, 
and he did a few different bands and one of them like kind of inaudible like punky recordings that you really can't hear and then he would did this like crazy offshoot band that's really funny later when he was kind of calming down that was basically like rem covers um with like a lot of eagles inspiration which was funny um, <laughs> like I'm a, to put my mind around that I, I've listened to it so many times in my life and I still can't wrap my head around it. Um, I'm not, I've never been like a big Eagles REM fan, but he sure like became like really into that later on and like more Neil Youngy stuff, which is what I grew up on. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an eclectic combination. He was going a little rogue. Yeah. I, I don't like the Eagles either. I can I can be most accepting. Like I tried to be like, okay, you like what you like. Eagles are right. kind of a place where I'm like, can't get on board, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, it was good because so early on I was able to like distinguish like he was a, he's into so many different things. Like, and that's what I do like about him, is that he's into so much shit that um you'd be listening to like Danzig and then thievery corporation and then like John Coltrane and like the same car ride. And I was able to be like, wow, this sucks. Or, Oh my God, this is so <laughs> sick. And I could figure out what I liked pretty early. But it's great to also have, I would think the, 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 my brain fucking just shit the bed. <laughs> the reference. It's great to have such a wide reference level of music to draw from. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty grateful. Yeah. Um, I, let's hope the brain don't shit the bed. That was like a total, just the computer. You're good, dude. <laughs> no, you're good. It happens to me all the time. I was curious. Cause you said you were a shy, shy kid. Yeah. What, was uh, like what drew you to these bands like like King Kong because I know he's he can be a lunatic on stage and right. the garden and all the like what was there something that you saw in them that you were like I want I want that um it wasn't yeah I mean I wasn't like oh my god I would it's just like I couldn't even imagine being the kind of person that could be that way in front of people and it was fascinating to like see somebody so be so expressive and like have like no reservations about any like stage fright or fear or anxiety um, for them to be able to go out on stage in their underwear or like fucking do whatever, you know, I still, and that's what like, I, I always loved about like Iggy and like all of these insane performers or like the dead boys and they're just disgusting and like gnarly and doing so many like viscerally like gross things where they're almost like the shock value and the disgust that they cause with the crowds. Um, you're kind of rejecting even the option for them to like either accept you or reject you. Like you're controlling that. That is your fucking stage. And there, it doesn't matter what they think. And it's very obvious that you, that's not even up on the table for them. Like, <laughs> say yes or no. You're like blowing your nose into a fucking sandwich and eating it. That is brutal. Um, so yeah, it was like that. It was just like, it was like just animal planet for me. Like I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And uh, um, I loved 
I love seeing it. And it was, uh, I am sure like over time, like the more I looked at it, the more I was like, oh, you know, okay. So these are normal people rationalizing it. Normal people can do this. Um, but never did I think I was ever going to get up there. When yeah. did you get to the point where you were like, I'm going to get up there? Um, I just had to be forced. Um, like I started spoon benders before I could play. And I just basically learned with our first drummer um, because I knew I wanted to play. And that was the time where I was like, no, I want to play guitar. And it wasn't like I want to play live necessarily. It was just, I'm sick of staring at these instruments. I want to just fucking do it. And, uh, and so we, I like met a drummer that I love and we were really great friends. And so that was just the way that we hung out is just playing together and then over time it just happened more and more and I just started getting more comfortable I started like learning how to project my voice and sing and shit like that and um and then it just kind of she she was so much more she had so much more experience like playing live and it was she was so much more driven to like actually make it a live thing um and I was so shy that over time she just kind of encouraged me enough And then at one point there was some touring band. I can't even remember what band it was that came down all the way from, I think Canada and they were going to play a show, but the opener dropped and they just needed somebody so badly. And so I was like, fuck it. And then we just played our first show in this random closed down, it's now closed down like coffee shop venue um, in a weird part of Portland. And I just got, I just threw myself in and because I was just like, I'm never going to do this. If it, if I have to convince myself that it's going to be safe or feel like, or avoid anxiety, I, I still have stage fright. And I still ask myself why I do this. Like, why am I doing this myself? Um, cause it's so painful. I get the like super bad stomach ache and like, I'm so like, I just get tunnel vision and I'm so freaked out for hours before the set. And then after the first song, I feel completely fine. I think, I don't know if that ever, I was watching this documentary about Elvis last night, which I had a lot of preconceived notions about Elvis. And I just want to say that he, it, this documentary changed my mind, but like oh, yeah. it's on HBO. It's great. It's like, he's totally a different guy than, Mm. I would have like it was I was just like oh fuck my preconceived notions were judgy shitty notions <laughs> but like yeah. here's this dude who's fucking massively famous and he would go and perform and would be nervous and it's just like you're fucking Elvis Presley you're nervous <laughs> it's like it's insane to me yeah yeah I mean I've heard a lot of stories that were super helpful for me of like yeah just insanely famous people being so nervous throughout no matter what throughout their career. Um, so I think, I mean, scary, but cause I thought because it was I think you can't, you can fake it on stage, but the audience is going to know like people know bullshit when they see it on stage. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like even somebody as Elvis and who, you know, believe it or not was very really wanted to do authentic. Like he got fucked by his manager but he didn't want to do any of the shit he did (laughs) it's like and it's like he wanted to just be an artist and it's like 
You mm. and I think you know that if that's if what you want to do, you gotta you can't fucking bullshit it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's just, it. it's such a fear of mine to make bad art, like, because it's just so, like, the, I guess the fear of mine is to, like, have a bad motive for it, and so I'm always, like, trying to check why I'm doing it, or, like, you know, with a painting or like I, I draw, I do like a lot of illustrative stuff and I'm like, why am I doing this? Or like, is this really what I, um, is this pushing me or am I trying to like be a people pleaser with like drawing specific things or, um, yeah, it's, it's a fine line and it's scary. And I never, I'm so it's a fear of mine too, to like ever get into a situation where, I have, uh, like, I see a lot of artists getting into record deals where they have, like, a timeline that they really have to abide by for making records and and the whatever years that they signed the deal for. And it, it, I don't know. There's kind of a correlation between the records, like, quality going down if it, if it has to be rushed a lot of the time. And... Um, I just never want to do that. I don't want to have to um, rush any of our music or anything that we do. Yeah. I think when it, and I don't know, I wouldn't know how to balance it, but like when it becomes about the commerce, then, you know, when you start thinking about money, it seems to fuck most. Fame seems to fuck people too. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that would be that would be a nightmare like actually true fame where um people are like following you or anything like that or like people know like if you don't have anything to yourself and you have to like work really hard to hide have any like kind of anonymity in your life um I'm really private (laughs) and I'm shy still like and so I really value not um not having like just having things that are mine, you know, like my personal life and my, my, my personal hobbies and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm insanely reclusive. And like, I've just people, I bumping into people I know freaks me out, let alone having strangers yell at me. <laughs> yeah. That'd be insane. You said yeah. you want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And, but why, what was there? What was the reason you started to create? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just had to, like, I was so bored as a kid. I had no, like I lived on in the Santa Cruz mountains and like, there was no kids. There were no people. Like I didn't have neighbors really. It was just in the, like the end of a cul-de-sac. So I was like either looking for snakes or like drawing or climbing things. Um, or, like trying to play guitar or listening to music and stuff like that. So I just like really had so much time to myself that um, I learned so many skills of how to entertain myself and how to have like a full blown conversation with myself um, and like not ever feel lonely. And so I actually really like being alone. I'm very into having a lot of alone time. And I just feel like I just developed those skills so early on that I just kept going and kept doing it um, throughout my whole life to feel comfort, I guess. 
Cause things just now when I'm getting like overstimulated with like, you know, tour or you're like in, uh, just is tour is so hyper social. It's so hyper social and I love it. And I love these people and I have so much fun with it, but it's such a, um, a privilege of mine to be able to put headphones on and draw and then feel like I'm exactly where I was when I was like eight, just in a closet, just drawing, and it just really like your vision just closes in and you just feel really safe when you do those things. Um, so it's like a crutch sort of, I guess. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, does that answer your question or did I just, <laughs> I think so. I think, uh, so. but I know what I, you know, I know what, when you feel like you're not answering it, I understand that feeling, but yes, you did. I can go on tangents for a while. I like so tangents. I do. I honestly do, especially for this, because it's like, what do you want to hear me talk? No one's, <laughs> no one's here for me. Oh, I am. <laughs> well, thank you. I was, you mentioned. Well, I I feel like I didn't follow up on this because I like the organic nature of how these conversations go. But I did want to ask how how that experience was on the first time when you opened for that band in that cl- coffee shop, what, uh-huh. how it felt when you got onto the stage. Cause I know you were nervous and your stomach hurts, uh-huh. but I was like, what, what, how, what happened when the music started playing? That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That I didn't mean was- to bring up trauma. No dude, you're good. It's, it's, uh, I think about it all the time actually. <laughs> Um, it was, it was like, that's what got better over time is that you get the stomach ache and then, and you're like so anxious and you're freaking out. And then you play the first or second song. And usually it's like when I first fuck up, like I'm going to do at least one little fuck up for each show. And then when I do that, I'm like, well, now I kind of ripped the bandaid off. Now I don't feel anything and I can let loose and like really enjoy myself now. Um, but that show, I felt like I was being like held underwater the entire time. And it was not until the very, like when we were completely done that it felt this like wash of relief, like, you know, have you ever gotten really, really sick? And then all of a sudden the day that you're no longer sick, you feel like so much better than you ever have. Um, and you just feel completely brand new and great that you're not in horrible pain anymore. <laughs> that was that was the way that it felt. <laughs> I think because I've performed a lot, but not music. And it's the, your first couple times in front of an audience is like there's nothing yeah. to measure that to. It's yeah. a surreal. Time does not move. It's, right. it's like that moment before you get hit by a car where you see it, co- right. <laughs> but then, totally. you're, but you're also in that frozen time space and you're supposed to be lucid and get shit out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to remember anything. Yeah. I just was trying not to shit my pants the whole time. <laughs> so scary. Um, I've had so, yeah. two friends shit their pants on stage just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but they also had drinking problems and I think that might've, played into it a little bit yeah i mean i don't doubt that <laughs> yeah i have yet to share my pants on stage but there's still time 
Um, yeah, you're young. You got so much shit pants in time. So much pants shitting time. Like shit pantsing. I know I said it backwards, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you mentioned touring because I've noticed I've been following you, I think, for almost two years now, if not a year at least. Also cool. a shitty memory. But um, you've been going out with some great acts. That must. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's great for you guys, right? I it's think. it's really great for us. Yeah, it's a it's like really such a privilege to go out with bands that you really like. You love their music because you have to listen to it every night. Um, so it's really helpful when you like it, and it's also you know again like really great to be touring with bands where they're all really great people. We've had such good experiences and like we've developed really great relationships with these people and like expanded our friend groups so much. And then also the shows are rad, you know, like it's a lot easier to bring it on stage when you know, the person that is touring with you is feels like equally as passionate about music and really wants to, give it a good one every night. Yeah. I, I'm, I didn't write it down. So I'm flaking on you. Who are some of the people you were just touring with? Cause I feel like well, was... we went out with uh meat bodies a couple of times right. and we did like, uh, just recently, uh, a couple of weeks with this band called Cadabra from Spokane. Um, and, they're really great guys. They're super sweet. And, um, yeah. And then before that, it was like only tiny little stints, like a couple shows with the paranoids, couple shows with, um, fuzz. And, um, so like going out with like me bodies twice. So like two, two week tours was really fun. And like, we basically were just like messing around and romping and <laughs> just having a good time and like trading, you know, trying out each other's gear and, um, just fucking making jokes basically the entire time. And it was really great. Yeah. And same with the cadaver boys. Like those guys are really sweet and hilarious and, uh, kind of wild. So that was fun. <laughs> are you, yeah. cause I read that you, your band mostly is like, let's sit in front of a fire with our dogs opposed to like, let's get crazy. And I, do you get a little goofy on the road or do you keep it kind of... Oh my God. I mean, I fucking... Like, I don't really... We don't really, like, get fucked up, but we're idiots. <laughs> like, we're constantly joking. Like, it's not... Even... We're not serious. It, we're, we're definitely homebodies and we're not... Um, yeah, we're not really, like, and no no judgment to anyone who does. Like, we're not really using a lot of drugs or we're not really getting really fucked up all the time just because we have to work so much. And that's probably what it is, is that we just, I'm constantly working. Um, I have, like, my own, like, little businesses, and then I work in a music store, and then we're touring, and you just have to, like, we're always on. And so... um I can't really afford to be hung over. Um, so I'm not really ever getting messed up in that way, but I'm constantly, we are constantly making an ass out of ourselves or like doing stupid shit or throwing food or doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I used to tour like with a theater company, but me and my friend would 
drink like fucking lunatics. And granted, I was like 22. Mm-hmm. But like after two weeks of on the road of doing that every night, you're like, you could tell, yeah. like, I just was like, I, I was an idiot on stage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely dulls, dulls you. Yeah, it's just, it makes it really difficult to do a lot of things. Um, and like, I've had the, I've definitely like lost my voice as a repercussion of like drinking and smoking. And so I just take that into account. Like I'm going to be on the road for two weeks. I'm going to have to use my voice a lot and I really don't want to have to worry about losing it. So I'm just going to try to take it as easy as possible while also having fun. Like I definitely, it doesn't take much because I can get drunk off of like one beer. And so like, it's totally like if we just like have a social um, hangout on tour, like I'm not knocking him back anyways, <laughs> that's, because I physically can't. <laughs> well, at least that's affordable. Yeah, I'm I'm super <laughs> It's really nice. Yeah, one drink ticket. I was really like, you know, it would take me like 12 and that's just stupid. Yeah, it's expensive, dude. Um, I also, speaking of, because I saw uh, also maybe two or three weeks ago that you're recent single like i saw you on a college you were number one on like a college chart and i don't know if you posted it or if i just stumbled on it i think um yeah i'm pretty sure that was in boise um i think you were right radio boise maybe but yeah i did i remember that and that was awesome it was super cool i was like i like looked at it and then looked away and then looked back again just being like wait what we're that high up um, over and not that it's a competition, but like I over the Death Valley girls and those are, then that that's good company. Oh yeah, I mean in general because we've done a couple shows with them and they're like, I I love that band. I love those people. Those are some of the nicest, like coolest people. I, I only know. know Bonnie and I adore Bonnie. To all of them are that cool. I it's insane. It. Yeah, it's really wild. I, but yeah, no, it's an honor. It's really cool. Yeah. Bonnie is such, I just, I don't know. I could gush about her for. There's something about Bonnie, dude. She's so cool. Like there's something so amazing about like hanging out with her and like just being in a, you just, I've, I've always had the best conversations and like. There's no pretense and she is 100% fucking open and honest and will share anything about her life, which I just. So admired. Like I wish I'm like, that's what I struck. But I'm like, I wish we all could just be like, I don't give a fuck. Here's who I am. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that is the goal. It's really hard to get there, but yeah, yeah. I wish we're all more like Bonnie for sure. Yeah. Is that do you have those like I know like I goals and things with what you do creative, like I have conflicts with that because I'm like but like, does that, when you see yourself on a, on a chart like that, are you like, holy fuck, like, this is not what I thought or ever dreamed of or any of that? No, I mean, everything that we've done, I haven't thought I would ever do. <laughs> I, ne- I never thought I would play guitar. I never thought I would, uh, I really never thought I would ever sing. Um, which, yeah, like I, I never thought that we would ever have a vinyl 
that was a massive moment for me. I was like, dude, physical. Cause I'd always loved records growing up. Um, and never thought I would ever have mine. And like, it was something about like a physical, uh, record made me feel like, Oh, like, okay. You know, I, I've left something behind in a way where it's, it's, it's pretty overdramatic, but like in my mind, I'm just like, this is a physical thing that has it's proof that I have made music and that is so sick and I can't get over it. I'm still not over it. Um, and when we toured, I was like, God, I never thought I was going to be able to do this. Um, everything that we've ever done, like, especially yeah, death Valley girl shows, me body shows, fuzz, like paranoids. I never thought it's all shocking. That's all great company. <clears throat> I, I know this is off music, but I'm very fascinated that you studied neuropsychology. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that something you use? <laughs> I feel like I forgot about that. Um, did you finish or did you were like, that was an interest and then you went, uh, fuck this. I'm going to music. I did. I finished. Um, I finished my bachelor's. So that only that, um, but I did four years. Um, I did it at PSU Portland state and I fucking loved it. I still love it. I still like, and granted I'm like insanely out of practice. Like never should anyone listen to me when I'm <laughs> like, I don't know like what I'm talking about, but it's something that I have always been so fascinated by. And it's like, it's a very cool, um, it's a huge gallery of like great imagery, um, for music and art. I've gone, I've gained so much like inspiration from my neuroscience, um, degree for how metal it is and all the, like the insane, like archival footage that you watched of these insane, um, like how they used to do their surgeries and how far we've come in, in science. And, um, and then also like all of those like Greek roots and all those things that you learn and great words. And it's just like lush, like there's so much to take from it. And then it's just metal as hell too. Um, it's a very just gory, insane, like I've held people's brains. Like it was a great, it was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> Um, it was wrecked. How's it feel to hold a brain? I mean, it, like, I guess like the, it smells crazy. (laughs) Was it fresh Um, out of the skull? It wasn't. It was like definitely just formaldehyde big. It's just this heavy rock of like hard, uh, yeah, brain, I guess. But I think it was more just like the backstory where it's like, this was like a mother of three and she did this in her life. And it's like, you're just holding this like organ that just seems like uh, an ornament. Like it's not really anything, but it really is like an entire, it's somebody's existence. It's somebody's entire being. Um, and God damn, that's crazy. Like that's every- a crazy concept. Yeah, you're just sitting there like holding every dream this person had, or like just you could really read into it a lot, which I I usually over read way too far into things, but like that meant a lot to me. And it was, um, it was just a trip. Like every, every class I had was a trip. I loved it. I, I, I forgive me if this is a very simpleton question because I know absolutely nothing about it, but could you look at somebody's brain and go, point to an area and go, they really liked ham sandwiches. 
because of that. <laughs> Not uh, that specific, but like, is there? Can you tell? Like, oh, they they did heroin or something. If you fire the brain up and like with electrodes, you can see like how their connections have um, formed over time. I'm pretty sure that's true. I do remember like seeing like how you can figure out what people's like sexual kinks are. Really? By how close, like it's a, what is it called? Fuck. And this is where I'm so out of practice with this stuff, but it's, um, it's this crazy diagram of like how close together the sensory neurons are for like your genitals to your feet for cer- certain people. And so that explains like the weird thing between like, like culturally with like feet and like sex, like that. It, it's just like really trippy explanations of like how humans are just robots. Like you're just literally wired though. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's a fucking, it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah. So if I donate my body to science, all my secrets are out. I'm fucked. They're all out. We know. Yeah. You already know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure fucking, yeah. I'm sure Amazon or like what, TikTok <laughs> knows what's up with you and me. I mean, I'm okay with that. It goes back to like trying to be like Bonnie, just let it out there. Yeah, you know, whatever. We're all the same, which was like very interesting to see. Like everyone finds themselves to be so special and weird. And it's like, here's a diagram showing that we're literally the same. We're just like, we're just wired up animals. Yeah. And we should like be like that. We should let it all out because it's all this fucking Western culture. Keep it repressed and pretend everything's groovy. That's what England taught us, though. That's I agree. The yeah. whole Elizabethan Puritan nonsense. And now that's why people feel shame when they step out of the shower and somebody sees them. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> yeah. I, isn't it? I mean, I grew up like Catholic and it's just like, no one even talked to me about sex or anything. So I was just oh. like, it was like, good luck, which is totally. not how you should be with sex. <laughs> yeah. No, I would probably be so much less awkward. If it wasn't that case, but it is, unfortunately. Yeah. That's why God created Molly, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was the fix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God was like, I'm sorry about the whole Catholic thing. That was a big fuck up. Just take some of this. Yeah. Here's ecstasy. Bye. I've never, I've never, I've never done it. I've done plenty of drugs. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just never... How, have you done Molly? Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's fine. Um, I Don't they don't... give you, like, Molly when you move to Portland? Like, it's a starter kit? No. Um, I... There were so many more drugs in Santa Cruz, honestly. Um, so there's just, like... Yeah, there was, like, a lot of drugs. And my sister had a kind of a hard time with that stuff. And so like, I was a little bit deterred at an early age, even though I was, I was experimenting super young Me too. with that. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing like, I had tried cocaine early on and stuff like that. And I just kind of, because it wasn't, I was a little bit more of a latchkey kid. And so I was, because I didn't have uh, anyone really telling me what to do too much. I was living alone when I was like 16 or maybe 15, actually. 
um, it wasn't, um, forbidden for me. So I didn't really care. Um, and so I tried it, didn't really think much of it moved on. And then I know that I've like, I know I thought I was doing Molly when I moved to Portland and somebody gave me, um, what they said was Molly, but I don't think it was because it made me feel like I just had the worst flu of my life. And <laughs> Uh, my skin hurt and I was like, I didn't want anyone to touch me. I didn't want anyone to go anywhere near me. And so it just, I felt so cold and I have no idea what I took. So I don't think I've done Molly. Yeah. I had it in my fridge. I don't know. I kept it somewhere for like two years and, and then I lost it in a move. And I was just, I don't, something about it like kind of, didn't appeal to me. I don't know why. I because I did acid all goddamn day. Well, because yeah, and all that stuff. I was yeah. curious though, because uh, just you said you pretty much lived on your own when you were fifteen and sixteen. What was that made me curious? What was that scenario? Um, my mom. So my parents split. I think like when I was like yeah, maybe fourteen. I can't quite remember. Um, but they weren't, yeah, it was like a very long drawn out split. And then my mom's like, cool, I'm going to England. I'm ready to live back there. And I still had some high school left. So I needed to stay and finish off that in Santa Cruz. I went to Santa Cruz high and my dad, um, was always working out of LA or like traveling all over. Um, and so he moved to LA and my mom moved to the UK. And then, um, my dad put me up in this apartment in, uh, what was it? Pleasure point, like this part of Santa Cruz. And so I just kind of like had my own apartment. Um, and so I was just working at like a burrito shack and going to school and kind of minding my own business in an apartment, which was honestly really cool. I really enjoyed that time of my life. I got so much like I was alone just as much as I wanted to be. And uh, to be 15, 16 and like living on your own and pretending like you know how the world works, like made <laughs> me feel <laughs> great <laughs> up until I moved to Portland and figured out that I didn't. Um, but yeah, that's how that happened. Like a, c- a confident boost? Like if you're like, I'm handling my shit. Yeah. Yeah. It it made me feel ready, I guess, to be, uh, to move. I don't know if I would have moved to Portland if I hadn't had that time of like, yeah, like you're on your own. No one's nearby. When I got the flu, I had to figure it out. Like I had to figure out my job. I had to figure out those things. I felt like really equipped as a kid. And so when I turned 18, there was no like culture shock of coming up here. And I already knew I was capable of figuring things out by myself. That's wild. Was Portland what you expected it to be or was it? I had never even visited Portland. I I came here because I got a scholarship. So, um, I just got in a U-Haul and figured it out. And, um, I didn't have any real expectations. Like at first I hated it here because of the weather. Um, and I got to know it a little bit better and like the house show seemed so good and 
you know, there's so much cool shit here. So over time, I just like, I, once I started like sinking into this place, it felt really good. But now I think, you know, I've been here for like pretty much seven years, which is insane. Um, now, like the plan hopefully and soon ish is for the band to all relocate, like back down to like Southern California. Would you do LA? Yeah. Like long beach, probably fucking long beach is great. Yeah. It's so it's, I'm just so not a city guy. Um, where I just don't really want to have to like fight for it. You know, like I definitely want to have like a shitty, like I'm like, I'm living in Portland. You're used to having like a semi affordable, semi shitty, um, DIY ish kind of like environments everywhere. And when I spent some time in long beach, it's like there are pockets that felt like that. And I really like gravitated towards it. Different parts of LA are like that too. It's just, as everyone knows, it's so saturated. They like, it's really fucking hard to live there. I've been in LA for a very long time. And just like what you were saying, like, it's just, it's, I don't see it getting better. Price oh, no. Unless, no. you know, unless this rain f- starts washing away houses or something. <laughs> but, yeah. and it's, there's so many other f- things going on here that I just, my daughter is seven and she can't mm-hmm. like just, until it started raining and the air cleared, she had like allergies every day, all day. It was like she had a cold. And now because it's clear, she's normal. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. It sucks. That's scary. That's for sure scary. I just got back from LA last night. I was down there and I feel like I'm going to have a runny nose for like two weeks. Um, You leave LA and the first thing I notice is the air. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's not that air. Yeah. I was hanging out with my friend and he turned on his air purifier and it has like a a meter on it. (laughs) And it was like, hazardous (laughs) hazardous it's <laughs> like it doesn't seem so bad holy shit what neighborhood were you in pasadena oh you were close to me oh yeah yeah nice i like pasadena it was cool it was like it's kind of like edward scissorhands neighborhood like all like it was crazy it just i'm not used to seeing that um but then you like there's so much more to it you just go around the corner and it's a different place yeah. um so I like all sorts of parts of LA, honestly, like, and even some that I don't understand, like Marina Del Rey. I do not understand that. That's a, that's an odd place. I'll agree. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. There is it. That's, but that's what I like about LA is like, there's every neighborhood is like a little city and world of its own. Like I lived in Echo yeah. Park when I first moved here and barely left and it was perfect. I could walk to everything. Yeah. Music venues, everything I needed, I could walk. Yeah. And I was That's the goal. I don't want to have to Yeah, I'm a walker. I like walking. Me too. Cars can fuck off. Huh? 100%. Do you, yeah, I'm Do you mostly walk around Portland? Yeah. Good I walk a lot, especially with my dog and stuff. It's just like she needs to and I should and like <laughs> <laughs> try to convince myself to like walk everywhere I go if the weather lets me. Um, and so I've just like, I've developed kind of a disdain for driving that I didn't used to have. So we'll see how that pans out when I move. Um, 
But yeah, like that's the other thing about Long Beach is like you get your market and your little like your little shops. You don't really have to, you can survive for a pretty long time without a car, um, in Long Beach. Um, from what I saw, like my art, well, I guess for context, our drummer lives in Long Beach right now. Um, so she kind of was able to show us around. So I know her routines and stuff like that are similar to mine. Yeah. It's a cool little. Fuck cars. And I figured like what I spend on my, all the car bullshit insurance and all that stuff. It's like, I could probably do without, and then just take a cab or lift once in a while. And it probably would equal to the same amount of money. Yeah. I mean, another thing about Portland is like, there's no cops here. Um, like there's like maybe one, I think there's one traffic cop in Portland. Um, because of the like cuts in funding. Um, so I haven't registered my car in years. <laughs> I haven't done anything for that car in years. So when I move, I'm going to have to actually give a shit about that stuff. And I'm not looking forward to that, but yeah, that's, I'm just, I've been, I've been sitting pretty and like avoiding any kind of car bullshit for such a long time. Boy, that would be hard to leave. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And LA, the fucking cops everywhere. It's just, I know it's crazy. And they look like, like in Chicago, it's like typical cops. It's like, Oh, you eat a lot of donuts. You're a cop. <laughs> in yeah. LA, they look buff and ready to fucking hit you with something. Yeah. They're super yoked there. I remember seeing that. They're very intimidating for sure. Yeah. I don't. And Chicago cops are notoriously fucking awful, but yes. LA cops, I'm like, boy, oh boy, you really, yeah. you're, you're striving to really. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, pretty wild. You, the band had a single, the single that we talked about, which you, come out recently is there an album to follow or were you just doing a single there's an album an album to follow um we are gonna be releasing one more single and uh, shooting another music video um for it and then uh, releasing the album and we're just kind of like sitting on the album because we want to have like a great tour along with it to celebrate. So we're going to, we're looking at like different support tour options and stuff like that, or like summer, spring, but yeah, we've been, we, we even have, we have it pressed. I have it downstairs right now and we're just sitting on it and waiting um, for everything to kind of line up so we can go and release it. But it's, I'm I'm really looking forward to like hearing what people think because it's so different from the first like the, our first album we recorded in a garage um, and our friend just recorded it and we just kind of did it all live in one take um, kind of thing. And this second album, like the way that everything is written is really different because I've been playing for longer and I wasn't, I like was such a novice when we first started playing and when we recorded our first album um, so the songwriting is really different. And then the production is like insanely different because we did it in the studio. Um, and we did it with like an engineer and we did it. Um, we still did it live, but we, we did it with two inch tape and the fidelity is a lot nicer. And yeah, it's really different. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. 
I'm excited for you to hear it too. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Dwyer. Remember, there's a part two to this episode and the link to that and my Patreon is in the show notes. So if you want to become a Patreon subscriber for $5 a month, you can do so. And there's a lot of extra content on there. There's even an episode with Greg Sunier of Deerhoof that lives nowhere else but on Patreon. It's an hour of me and Greg. Great Greg. He's a phenomenal guy. Anyway, thank you for being a uh, listener and become a subscriber or just enjoy your life. (laughs) 